Hello, welcome to Mikey Pod Podcast, episode 243 for December 18th, 2017. Today's guest is J.P. Novick from the Center for Animal Protection and Education in Grass Valley, California, and I am your host, Michael Heron, in Brooklyn, New York. I'm a composer, pianist, electronic musician, storyteller, and activist based in New York City, as I just mentioned. And as such, I have some pretty diverse tastes in things. So on this podcast, you could hear guests ranging from activists to musicians to pastors to authors, whatever else strikes my fancy. I have been sending this podcast to your ears for a little over 12 years, I think. I got to change that. Uh, I think it's 12 years. If you'd like to know more about me, stop by my website at michaelherron.com. Hit me up on social media everywhere as at Michael Heron. That's Instagram, Twitter. Uh, well, YouTube is Michael Heron Music. Same with Facebook. Whatever. There's links <laughs> on the website at, at michaelherron.com or at mikeypod.com. Oh, my God. I'm saying so many things. Leave a voicemail at 347-460-1753 or email mikeypod.com at gmail.com and some people don't know when you uh if you're listening to this on the website or you know where else i put it on mixcloud and some other places uh you can go to mikeypod.com and if you look on the right uh right hand side there are a bunch of different links um where you can click to subscribe in uh google play uh apple podcasts uh, all the different things stitcher uh, uh what's the other one called tune in and you can even say to your uh a-l-e-x-a i don't want to say that thing's name because yours might start reacting you can tell it to play the latest mikey pod and it will so well you might want to say mikey pod podcast you know I've, I've never even tested this i just assume it works someone do it let me know if it works <laughs> MikeyPod at gmail.com. Um, yeah, so before we get to the interview, and I've got some music for you. Hold on, I gotta adjust this thing real quick. Uh, I'm coming to you from my new apartment. I told you about the new apartment last week. I'm still uh, 100% delighted with this. Um, I, I'm broke, and I need, uh, in a month or so, I'll be able to start like getting some stuff organized. I need to get some shelves and stuff in my apartment and, and, and the rest of the, uh, uh, in my bedroom and the rest of the apartment, but a okay. Brooklyn, New York, on a pretty busy, loud street, but my apartment is in the very back of the, or my window is in the very back of the building and uh, it's peaceful. Like right now, listen, I think you might hear my ceiling fan, but like it's, I wouldn't say it's mayhem outside, but it's like a, it's a four lane street. Uh, there's a lot of pedestrian activity and um, so quiet. I'm quite happy about this. So a couple of things, I'm just going to give you some updates about what's been going on with me. Uh, I officially have stepped on or stepped in as the role of um, organizer for Direct Action Everywhere in New York City. Uh, I say that with fear, because I know there are a lot of people who dislike uh, Direct Action Everywhere uh, vehemently. Um, I've talked about that a little on the podcast. I had a lot of pushback when I uh, spent time with them in Berkeley, um, despite the fact that I was only living... (laughs) staying in their house and eating for free and performing in their space for free. A lot of people were really unhappy that I accepted that help, I guess, and that I spoke honestly about uh, about the fact that they were being extremely kind. <laughs> so uh, those people have mostly unfriended me on Facebook, So, and I'm sure are not listening to this podcast. Uh, such uh, our... Uh, Yeah, Uh, but I'm excited. I really love DXE. Um, I love the approach to activism that we, I guess I say now, because I am officially part of the organization, uh, that we do. And, you know, it's a every organization has uh, some issues. Every organization, as it gets bigger, has haters. Um, Yeah, and I feel really good about stepping on board. So 
Yes, yes, yes. Uh, we're doing an action this week, Tuesday night. Uh, I guess if you're listening to this on Monday and you're in New York City and you want to join us, uh, you can send me an email, mikeypod at gmail.com. I'll give you the information. Ooh, yeah. Let's see what else. <clears throat> There's a web series called V for Veganism. You heard a song from the host of the show, uh, Kirsten, last week. I played one of her songs. Well, they covered the animal show. They came and filmed the entire show and they interviewed me before the show and made a really great, like, it's my favorite piece of uh, media about the show. Like, it's, ah, I really love it. (laughs) I love V for Veganism already. Uh, They've been on the scene um, maybe since this summer. I could be wrong on that. Um, But their videos are fantastic, really well produced. really informative and just great. And I really want more people to be watching them. And so uh, there will be a link to my thing, of course, because it's me and I'm great. I'm not really, I was trying to be funny, but that came out totally wrong. Uh, the, but it's good. So, uh, follow the link to watch the video about the animal show and then click subscribe on their YouTube channel and please spread the word about what they're doing. Cause it's so great. When I look at their number of subscribers, it's it's wrong that they don't have way more than that. So please help out by doing that. Progress on the book. Um, I'm, I'm making a book and a CD based on the animal show. <laughs> and uh, I'm making progress. I, I've brushed up. I think there are a couple more sections that I want to write for the book. Um, but a lot of it is going to be the script, which I was already in really good shape. Uh, so I formatted that a little bit better and sent it over to Luke Curtis, who will be designing the show. Um, yeah, or designing the book. And uh, that's exciting. That's actually very exciting. Um, more on an exact date or even a... Uh, I, I don't know why I'm sort of like having some digestive things right now. Sorry. Uh, I think we're good now. <laughs> digestive things. That sounds really... Uh, foreboding like it could be really bad it's more like sort of not a burp somewhere in between a burp and a hiccup was just happening that's fascinating and yeah so v for veganism progress on the book yeah you'll learn more about it if you want to check out my other book tentative tentative armor you can go to shop.michaelheron.com and it's also in the uh out the uh uh the itunes store you can get a digital copy which is actually pretty cool because there are like some videos embedded within the book so you can watch those too now i'm yawning what's going on oh so i've got a new patron I'm, I'm going to start like shouting out new patrons. I, I have a page, patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can subscribe to my work to support the podcast and the videos I make and, and my ongoing uh, activism and performing and the album and the book, everything else that's happening right now. Um, you get the first scoop on everything at Patreon. And for like a buck a month, you can um, be in on that. And you could do more a month too if you want to. Um, there'll be some new... Um, rewards showing up soon as I get closer and I get a better idea of when the book's coming out and stuff. Uh, but if you want the inside information, now's the time. All right. Um, uh, I want to talk about this on Facebook. Okay. So on Facebook, uh, Thanksgiving, uh, I think most people that listen to this podcast are probably vegan or at least somewhat, uh, vegan aware. And uh, because you probably have stopped listening by now if you're not. Uh, I had this thing happen. Like 
Thanksgiving sucks. Like, like on social media, everywhere you look, there's people delighted about the dead turkey that they've roasted. Um, it's really a bummer. Like, it's a bummer. Like, it's this thing where, like, the thing that I'm most passionate about stopping is this horrifying violence against animals. It's just happening by the billions, right? And everyone's like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Look, here's a big dead animal that was horribly treated, that was tortured, like never experienced any kind of kindness. And and there's pictures of it every of these dead birds everywhere. So I get a little triggered. And um, I posted a picture that many found shocking. It was a photograph of a bucket with uh, three turkey heads in it. It's repulsive. Um, and I don't typically post that sort of thing on Facebook. Um, and I don't know why. I, I mean, I know why, because I, I, I don't want to turn people off. But you know what? Like, Thanksgiving, people are posting pictures of dead animals. So why not post pictures of the rest of the animal that they are like so proudly displaying on their table, right? So anyway, I post this picture with a rant, um, and I discovered from a person in my life that they uh, had to unfollow me because that was just too it was too graphic. And and this is a person that unfollows hunters, um, so they um, unfollowed me <laughs> because if you they're not going to follow hunters for posting pictures of their dead animals, then. I don't get to post dead animals too. Well, my pictures of dead animals were like hoping to get people to stop killing them. Uh, as opposed to a person who, uh, who like is killing and like glorifying the killing, right? So those are some differences right there, like right off the bat, like fundamental differences. And then I started thinking, well, this is a person who also sat at a table with the rest of the turkey, like sat at a table, thereby like signing off on their approval of what I was showing a picture of. So I post a picture like hoping people will stop doing this thing to animals. And that's the problem, right? Like that's the thing that people are pissed off about. Sitting down at a table and like celebrating a dead, tortured animal is a-okay. Like, that doesn't... It's crazy land. We live in crazy land. <laughs> uh, sorry for the ableist language. Uh, we live in a land where things don't make sense. Right? Like, think about it. Like, well, I don't understand. Like, <laughs> like I, I'm the bad guy for posting a picture of the reality of this thing because I want to stop it. But it's super fine to do the thing. Like, it's the people that are doing the thing that was in that picture are like, oh, that's absolutely fine. Like, sure. Yeah, go ahead and do this thing that, that, that is too horrifying for me to see. So, like, come on. Like, what? Okay, so I just wanted to say that. Like, come on. All right, so finally, I'm going to be taking the liberation pledge. <laughs> this, uh... It's going to be my New Year's resolution. If you don't know, Liberation Pledge, it's at liberationpledge.com. And this is one of the things, it's a DXE thing, direct action everywhere. And this is one of the things that that people will say, oh, this is direct action everywhere. It's a cult. It's often said that it's a cult. Um, and they do things to try to alienate people from their family. 
And this is one of the things <laughs> that I'm going to do. Okay, so the idea of the pledge, uh, there are three things. One, publicly refuse to eat animals, live vegan. I'm, I got that. Uh, I'm on it. <laughs> I've already covered that one. Um, two, publicly refuse to sit where animals are being eaten. So that's the thing that I don't do. I avoid it. I avoid sitting at tables where animals are being eaten. But I think people may not know why. Like they're, And this is one of the reasons why I want to take the pledge, because it'll force me to be honest with people instead of just avoiding having this potentially uncomfortable conversation. Um, you know, like there may be people in my life that just have no idea why I stopped <laughs> coming around. And it's because I didn't want to watch them gorging themselves on carcasses. Like, and, you know, like there was a time that I was like, oh, I don't want to be so vegan about everything. Well, okay, it's a carcass. Like, <laughs> I'm not over dramatizing anything. A carcass is a dead body, right? It's a carcass and it's a dead body. It's not food. I mean, you might think it's food, but to me, it's not food. And I, it's the way I would feel if I, if, like, if, the, the typical American had to sit down at a table where people were eating a dog and it was still in the shape of a dog. Even if it wasn't in the shape of a dog, people would be horrified and they would never sit at that table. They would never sit at that table, right? But for me to say, I love turkeys too, that's a problem. Like, oh, well, you're just being too, what's the word? <laughs> you're being too dramatic or too over, over the top. N- no. No, but anyway, so number three is encourage others to take the pledge. I'm on a little rant today, um, and that's just encouraging others to take the pledge. So the thing, like, I love the phrasing of this stuff. It's, um, uh, here's what it says under the what, like describing what the pledge is. Um, Often when dining with others, we are forced to confront a disturbing reality. The corpse of a victim of violence on the dinner table. But this year we're bending together banding together to push back against a violent tradition with the Liberation Pledge. Pledge to show respect for victims of violence, to demonstrate opposition to a brutal system, and to push all those around us to build more peaceful way of refusing to eat animals. Or sit at a table where a victim's body is being eaten. Be proud of this conviction. Be open, honest, and outright. Wear a fork bracelet as a symbol of this pledge and show support for others who have taken it as well. Uh, so I'm doing the fork bracelet, but I think I'm going to get it in the form of a tattoo. I just tattoo a fork around my wrist. So you can read more about it, uh, liberationpledge.com. I think it's great. And, you know, it, 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 I am, my, my life at this point is dedicated to trying to find liberation and, and fairness and kindness for these animals who are victims by the billions so bad like what happens to them is so bad that if i show a picture of it on my facebook page i'll be unfriended and 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 that picture got a graphic image warning so it it, you know the black thing that shows up it got that like the thing that i am fighting against is so bad that you can't show a picture of it on Facebook without it being marked as being graphic. Right? Like, period. But people are still doing it, like, everywhere. Like, people are still doing this thing. It, the disconnection is really, once you start making the connection, you, it, it becomes 
so hard to understand why more people aren't making the connection. And the majority of people are still not making the connection. Oh, my Lord. I didn't know I was going to go on like that, y'all. All right. So anyway, I think that's all I got. Oh, end of January. I'm going to be doing the animal show in Rochester, New York. I don't have a date yet, um, but I do have uh, that, <laughs> what I just told you. <laughs> I'll tell you more information later, but if you're in Rochester, let me know. I can tell you uh, more, Um, but I don't even know that much yet, but watch my social media and all that kind of stuff. (sighs) If you love this always free podcast, or even if you just like this always free podcast or the many other things I create, tell a friend, leave a review, like, subscribe, all of those things. And especially I'd love your support at patreon.com slash Michael Heron, where you can get access to all kinds of cool stuff in exchange for as little as a dollar a month. I'd love to connect with you there. And I'd love your help in covering the expenses for this always free podcast and the other content I create everywhere. Much of it is also free. Uh, I, P.S. YouTube videos are about to start ramping back up, so I'm kind of excited about that. I started editing a new one today, or last night, actually. Uh, enough about me and all that stuff. Today's guest, J.P. Novick. You know, I was, I stayed at uh, the CAPE, the Center for Animal Protection and Education, with uh, J.P. and uh, her family. Zoe, her daughter, really made that connection, as a matter of fact. And, and the most cute little, like, one-room cabin I got to stay in, it was really adorbs, um, and I didn't interview like uh, much of the trip. I, I wanted to interview each uh, each person at these sanctuaries I visited, uh, and it just the whole trip was a lot. And um, I I planned to do too many things. I think, or maybe I don't know. It was a lot. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so it was hard for whatever reason, emotionally, really calendar wise to get stuff going. Uh, I started falling behind and, you know, it just fell behind. Uh, so the, here's an interview I did with her from Brooklyn um, on Skype. And uh, it's a fantastic place, as you'll hear. And uh, we're going to listen to a song first from Burt Miller and the Animal Folk. This song is called Ice Cream Flavored Tits. And if you have a moment, I'll put a link to uh, the YouTube video for this, too. The video is sensational, as is the song, as you'll hear right now. Oh, everybody's happy, but everybody's sick. They want to suck the moo cow's ice cream flavored tits. The moo cow isn't happy, she's fed up with these pricks. Then they chop the naked, broken body into bits. Is that right? Everybody's saying, let's save the dolphin. Oh, we got them love him, let's treat him like a king. Well, yes, I love the dolphin, he's clever and he's tame. But look at them both in the eyes, you'll see they're just the same. Blue cow isn't happy, she's hurting every day. She's as lovely as the dolphin, so maybe change your Everybody's saying, let's save the rhino Oh, we got them love him, keep that horn on his nose Well, yes, I love the rhino, he's calm and he's strong But look at them both in the eyes and see if God is wrong Look how isn't happy, she's hurting every day She's as lovely as the rhino, so maybe change her
everybody's saying, let's save the tiger. Oh, we got them loving, keep your fingers up his fur. Well, yes, I love the tiger, he's handsome and he's brave. But look at them both in the eyes and choose what one to say. The blue cow isn't happy, she's happy every day. She's as lovely as that tiger, so maybe change your Everybody's saying, let's save the orangutan Oh, we got them love him, cause he's just like a man Well, yes, I love the orangutan, he reminds me of me Everybody's happy, but everybody's sick They wanna suck the moo cow's ice cream flavoured tits The moo cow isn't happy, she's fed up with these pricks Then they chop her neck and broke her body into bits Welcome to the show, JP. Oh, thank you so much, Michael. I've, I'm really looking forward to, to being on your show. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about CAPE. You, you are the founder of this wonderful sanctuary. Um, and I, I, I keep having these moments because your, your place was one of the places that I stayed in your lovely little cute cabin. Um, <laughs> and I forget which city anyone was in. You're not, you're, you're not Grass Valley, right? That was where... Um, yes. Wait, you are? We're oh in Grass God. Valley. I got it right. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's yeah. a miracle. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> so how did it come about, you founding the, uh, the sanctuary? Well, so, Michael, let me, let me just um, tell you a little bit about CAPE and let, let everybody know. Uh, so CAPE stands for Center for Animal Protection and Education. And uh, we actually were, there's several co-founders. We, we founded the organization in 1992. We're actually celebrating our 25-year anniversary this year. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Um, and so the sanctuary is just one of five programs that we have. The CAPE was actually founded um, based in Santa Cruz originally. And um, we started off sort of doing a, a, a little bit of this and a little bit of that. We did a lot of rescue from different animal shelters. You know, as you know, there's, um, there's a, a surplus of companion animals, um, dogs, cats, and, and, and rabbits. And so we would work with uh, many different animal shelters when they got full and take animals out and then put them in foster homes and find them new homes. So that's where Cape sort of started. And we, we did a lot of work in Santa Cruz over the past 25 years. We had a TV show for 10 years, an award-winning TV show. We had a radio show. And then, um, so that's sort of where we, are, 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 we, we grew from, we sprouted from. And actually, our dog rescue program is still alive and well in Santa Cruz. We have um, two people down there that continue to run that program. Um, about uh, five years ago, we 
decided that we wanted to expand. Part of our long-range plan was to establish a sanctuary for animals who have special needs. And so uh, five years ago, we moved up to Grass Valley. We moved the main office up to Grass Valley. We're right next door to Animal Place. So we share, uh, we share boundaries with Animal Place, which is one of our wonderful partner organizations. And um, so that was our part of our long range plan was to have a, some land, enough land where we could rescue large animals, uh, farmed animals. And so that's where you stayed. You stayed in our little, very simple guest cottage um, where we have some goats who have some disabilities. We have a herd of burros that we've taken from the BLM. Um, and we've got some, uh, yeah, some pigs and just a, a, a wide array, a cast of characters here at the sanctuary. <laughs> um, and then, and then meantime, you know, so another program that we have was again in our long range plan and we were able to establish just this past year was we also have now a facility in Santa Rosa, you didn't, you weren't, didn't see that facility. I would, next time you come out, I'd love to take you there. But we have a, a shelter on three acres for rescue dogs that we share with Compassion Without Borders. Um, so we're kind of spread out now. We've got, you know, our program in Santa Cruz for animals, uh, for mostly for dogs. We have our sanctuary in Grass Valley. And then we have our uh, shelter up in Santa Rosa that we share with, uh, called Matopia, that we share with Compassion Without Borders. And one of the programs that we also developed over the past four years is called Rough and Ready. Um, we continue to help overcrowded shelters, you know, that are, um, you know, having, you know, at the verge of having to euthanize animals to make space for incoming animals. And we take animals from those shelters and either they go up to Matopia temporarily, they go into our foster homes, or they go into our partner shelters who have room and ready adopters. So we kind of do a lot of networking in Northern California to sort of ease the pressure off of shelters who are very crowded. Um, so... But, Part of my message and, you know, that I, I always want to get across is that even though the pet overpopulation program, uh, uh, the pet overpopulation problem has decreased over the past 20 years, the problem still exists throughout the country. And so I always want to urge everybody to please spay and neuter. There's no, no need, no room for breeding uh, companion animals. Um, until we really get this problem under control. I mean, there's nothing, nothing more tragic than seeing innocent, you know, wonderful, healthy animals with nowhere to go. And um, so I'm proud to say that CAPE has rescued thousands of animals because of all of our different programs. But, you know, we're not done yet. We're not, you know, all, all of us as a, as a culture, as a society, um, really need to stay focused on on this problem and yeah, get it get it fixed <laughs> it sounds like it's good news to me that it's better than it used to be i didn't even know that i mean i just 
I mean, I don't follow that that closely, but I, for you to say that it's even incrementally better, I'm like, oh, well, that's you, okay. You know, like, <laughs> uh, Michael, it is. It's it's one of the issues. It's one of the animal welfare issues, and uh, that that we deal with. That it's gotten better just in terms of the the numbers, the data. Like you know, when when we first started K back in the very early '90s, it was estimated nationwide that that about 16, 17 million animals a year were being killed in shelters because there was nowhere to go. It was just surplus. Now, if you look at the data now, it, it's better. You know, we're, we're looking at, you know, and again, it's hard because, you know, the way the data comes in is a little bit, you know, fuzzy. But there's more like, you know, maybe four or five million uh, nationwide that are being that are being euthanized to make space. Hmm. So that's a that's a big improvement, and part of that improvement, like we really looked at, well, okay, so what is it that's working? And there's a number of things. One is that many communities have, um, you know, figured out that you know affordable and accessible spay and neuter. Uh, education, getting out into the community and educating the community about how important it is, you know, not to let your animals roam, you know, keep your cats indoors and spay and neuter everybody. You know, spay and neuter is just such a theme of ours. But that, in addition to some legislative things that have happened, you know, many, many communities around the country now have mandatory spay and neuter ordinances in place. Which, you know, the, the ordinances all vary, but all, but basically what they what they what they do is require that any dog, cat, or rabbit um, that's uh, over the age of six months has to be spayed or neutered unless a purchase is is, per, is, is purchased. Um, so those legislative um, uh, the things have been very effective. Uh, we mm. think, but it's it's been sort of this broad, you know, ed- educational thing, and the spay and neuter piece is just, you know, parent. It's so important, um, and then the um, just all the outreach that's been done. You know, most people know, or, you know, many many people know and understand that, you know, you, you need to spay and neuter your companion animals. It's just, you know, absolutely, you know. In, an important way to clean up this tragic mess. Mm. Yeah. The, one of the things that like uh, touches me about you and the people that I met and have met at sanctuaries and people whose lives are devoted to caring about and for animals is, you know, like you're, it's, uh, it's hard. It, like when I go to a sanctuary and I look at this place, like your place, it's those animals just live there, you know, like, and it's hard for people who aren't like in a sort of vegan mindset like we are to understand why you would do that. And it's kind of like, it's hard for me to like sort of, it's maybe not hard to understand because I do get why you would like provide a lifetime space for these animals to like live out their lives loved. But like what, did something happen in your life or your experience that sort of led you to really realize that this is what you wanted to do with your life? <laughs> is that too big a um, question? No, it's a, I, I, I love questions like that actually. Cause it, it does, you know, yeah, I, I think 
like so many people that care, you know, about, you know, all species, all life, it's kind of a, a process that the more you learn and the more people that, you know, there's so many people now, Michael, what you being one of them that do this work that have seen, that have witnessed just kind of what, what we as a society have done uh, to, to animals that is so unjust and so cruel. It's sort of like once you're subjected to those, that information and those images, it's sort of like, well, how can you not do something to, you know, to, to change things? It's just, you know, I mean, at some point you just can't shield your eyes anymore after, you know, there's so many ways to learn about, you know, animals and, and, and how they interface with, with we humans, you know, and, uh, and just sort of what, what we've done to encroach on their environment and, and what we've done in terms of farming them and, and, you know, eating them. I mean, anybody, you know, part of the thing about having a sanctuary is that when people come here that have never met a pig and then they meet, you know, Howard or Rudy and they're like, Oh my gosh, this, this animal is so cool. This animal is so, has so much uh, personality and, and, and so much. And so I think part of the value of having a sanctuary is that it allows people who have never had the opportunity to meet animals like this, the opportunity to engage. And so many light bulbs go on when, mm-hmm. when, you know, when, when they, they come here or they go to animal place and they, 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 they learn about, you know, what these animals go through, what most of them go through in our, in our world. And I, what I, one of the things about the issue about animals that are farmed is that people, you know, everybody, every single person can do something about that because we all make a choice three times a day what we're going to eat. Mm-hmm. And so there, I, I think it affords people this opportunity to not feel helpless when they, when they come here and they say, you know, and, and this is nothing makes us happier when they they come here or they come to our animal film festival and they see the films that we that we show and they say you know i i never knew i never realized and that's it i am not going to participate in the suffering of animals anymore i am not going to be a participant in that and that happens a lot michael mm. I, I i can't tell you you know with our film festival which i i i forgot to mention that in the beginning of our interview but you know we show lots and lots of incredible films on all different topics that have to do with animals. And, um, you know, we've learned so much by producing the animal film festival, but people who come and, and watch some of these films and not all of them are like ripping out your heart and shredding it into a million pieces. A lot of the films are funny and they, you know, we, 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 we really try to take people on this journey through the film festival of, of you know, delight and fun and funny and, hard hitting and, you know, um, but so many people just don't know, didn't, didn't realize that this is what happened happens when animals are used as food or when animals are used in research or, you know, or what happens in animal shelters when there's just too many and there's not enough homes. 
So, you know, we sort of come from the point of view that, you know, once people see it and and learn about it and talk to people that, that are working really hard to change things, people do come on board. There's just the community of vegans and animal advocates and activists is growing like crazy. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it is just because of social media and, you know, films that are being made and books that are being written, you know, more and more. And so there's this momentum that's, that's, it's, it's actually very exciting for someone like me who's been doing this for, you know, 30 years. It's, it's very exciting to watch this momentum right now. Um, and it's, you know, it's changing things, things are changing. I have to say, you know, that's, that's the thing that's positive. You know, we use the example of pet overpopulation, which we've watched change immensely in the past 20 years. Um, so, and, and I think that these other issues are also, they're a little bit, you know, slower to, to, to change their, their, they're in, you know, when you're talking about billions of animals being slaughtered for food, I mean, that's just such an enormously huge uh, project, you know, thing that we all need to be addressing. But I went to a meeting last night um, in San Francisco with uh, some, some uh, people who are leading uh, organizations that are addressing that particular issue. And boy, Michael, it's, it's, really exciting that just the the momentum that's building things are changing yeah yeah it, they really aren't i'm so glad i'm talking to you right now because i'm in the midst of like working and trying to get my show together and it always puts me in a place of like why do i why am i doing this but it's like nice to be like, connect with someone who like you're like hands-on with actual animals all the time and like i don't know to hear your hope and your <laughs> Uh, excitement about what's happening has me like, oh yeah, this is like this is an exciting movement. Like it's very like sad and you know all the things about what we're trying to change. But the fact that you know w- there was a fur march here in New York City or an anti fur march um, yesterday, and there were like three hundred people of like all walks of life, just like mm-hmm. gathering mm-hmm. together in the street to march through yeah. Manhattan. Like, yeah. no, this isn't okay. And, you know, I'm guessing the majority of the people were vegan. You know, like, that's a lot of people <laughs> to be showing yeah. up for something. That's a little, like, and you would probably know better than me, of course, because I've been, it's like, around nine years I've been vegan. But you've been, like, watching this movement for 30 years. Like, just nine years ago, it felt a little embarrassing to tell people I was vegan and an uh, animal rights activist. You know, like, because I knew people would sort of laugh and be like, eh, like, it was a dumb cause. To a lot of people, it doesn't feel like that anymore. Like if you've, I guess you've, mm. have you seen that change too? I just, yeah, I, 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 I think you're, what you're feeling or sensing is that, that momentum. You know, you, you, you mentioned just sort of the hands-on part of what we do here at the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Well, my, Michael, that is just my joy in life. Like I never, in fact, I have this really cute picture of you uh, shoveling manure down in the burrow pasture. <laughs> And to me, you know, when in the mornings when, when I go down and I'm with the animals, it's very quiet and I'm just there with them. I mean, to me, it's such an honor 
that I get to, I get to do that. It sort of sets the day um, to, to, to be with these incredible beings, you know, many of whom were wild at one time. I mean, the burrows that we, that we have, they ran wild on, on public land for, for their whole life until the BLM route rail cruelly rounded them up and, and, and took them off, you know, took them away from their home. And now they're at home here. And to be able to be with these wild, you know, animals who were once incredibly, you know, wild and afraid of us and to be there, you know, feeding them and taking care of them. I mean, that's just, man, that is just my, my, my joy. <laughs> I, I feel, I never get tired of it, you know, of, of the work and, and taking care of them. And it, it's, it's, it's very grounding, you know, and, you know, and then when, on the other hand, when we're, you know, we know the reality of what, what we're up against in trying to create a just wor- world for animals. I mean, you know, we get hundreds and hundreds of films submitted from around the world for the, for a film festival. So we're watching, you know, some of the films are really just, whoa, they're just really, you know, for you mentioned fur, you know, we, there's a, there's a film that we got from Norway that it, it goes inside a fur farm. You're watching, you know, just this, abject horrible cruelty so we you know that's out there and we have to subject ourselves to watching those kinds of things so that we know what's going on so we can help educate people to to do something about it um you know we we got a film in this year about the the uh the dog meat trade in in china you know there's people working boots on the ground to get that footage so that it can be shown so that people can see, look at, you know, people, you know, they, they care about animals. You know, we, as, as a whole, we care about animals. And do, do you know that this is what's going on, not only for, you know, cows and sheep and pigs and chickens and turkeys, but also for other animals in other parts of the world. So it's almost like, you, you know, we have to just bear witness to some of this horrible, tragic sadness in order to do something about it. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I like to be optimistic because we are working with people who they're so impressive. I mean, and you know, one of the things we talked a little bit about last night at this meeting. So Michael, you're doing this incredibly creative thing you, 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 you know, you're, you're, you're touching people through this avenue of creativity. And some, for some people, that'll be the light switch that, that turns it on. And they decide to do something in their own life to, to, to help, to change. And for some people, if you interview each person who's, be, you know, made the transition to becoming a vegan and saying, I am not going to participate in the suffering of animals anymore. They all come from different, you know, some, for some people, it's a, you know, it's a book, it's a person, it's a TV show. It's a, so all of us have to keep doing and, and ramping up whatever it is we're doing to get more and more and more people to understand. You know, I, they, they talked a lot at this meeting last night about other movements, you know, the civil rights movement, the gay rights movement, the, just other movements that have also gained incredible momentum in the past years and trying to see, well, where are we in terms of a, 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 a just, you know, a, a movement about justice. 
And um, I just think we're headed in the right direction. And if, if we can all work together and collaborate and come together with our messages and with our, you know, hard work, I just, you know, I don't want to be Pollyanna about it, but I, I do see big changes coming up um, in the very near future. Uh, I love it. I love, um, that's a perfect, hopeful um, invigorating note for us to sort of wrap up on. I hate to cut us short, but um, yeah, that's the time we have. Um, I'm so excited to talk to you and I'm so excited to share the story of Cape. Where is the best place for people to find you online? Okay. Well, we, uh, we, we have two websites, capeanimals.org. That's plural. It's C-A-P-E-A-N-I-M-A-L-S.org. And then uh, you can learn all about our five different programs there. And then we have a separate website for our Animal Film Festival. Um, uh, and by the way, Michael, for people that can't get to any of our festivals on tour, we do have a, a, ch- a, a channel on Roku, Animal Film Festival on Roku. Oh, my gosh. So you can pick up our films there. Yeah, we have our own TV channel. Stop it. I didn't even know really about cool. that. That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's very cool. So, you know, it, it, you know, like I say, we, we take the film festival on tour, but, but, but Roku is another way that you can find some of these incredible films that are being made from around the world. And, um, yeah, we have, you know, our Facebook page and so on. And, you know, we, we love talking to people like you that are kindred spirits. Yay. <laughs> well, yay, for, yay. For, the, for the people who are listening, uh, you can go to MikeyPod.com if you can't remember all those links. And for the show notes for this podcast, you will see links to uh, Cape and all the other things that JP mentioned. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, Michael, thank you so much. And keep up your great work. I will. You do the same.
That was Andada from Ryuichi Sakamoto from his album this year, Async, Async, A-S-Y-N-C, not certain on the pronunciation. What a welcome album from him. Um, longtime fan, and uh, he just came back from taking time off from having throat cancer. So, yeah, thank you for having an album. Yay. Oh, my God, I just had a moment. Um, no, I've been listening to that guy since probably the early 80s. No, early 90s, late 80s, 89, something like that. It's just, you know, long time, big, major fan. Anyway, whoa, thank you, JP, for being my guest on the podcast today. And thank you all for listening. Um, if you missed any of the links or uh, you want to read more information about anything that was on the podcast today, you can go to MikeyPod.com. And um, the most recent post will be this one, I guess, unless you're listening to this later, in which case you can just search on the on the website. There's a search feature and look for JP Novik. Um, that's it. Thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week.